This program is made possible thanks to the generosity of our listeners. Show your support at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about comfort food as we explore its history, meaning, and different interpretations from around the world. Donburi is just a simple, casual dish, but it's packed with the history. Somebody might have their comfort food be something that they remember eating at their friend's house, but they would never have at their own home. Consuming foods that were eaten then can bring back some of those feelings from, from those times. It's about creating these little breaks and moments during the day where you kind of feel present. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're recording remotely. Today is Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. This summer, in response to COVID, our friends at Food Karma NYC and, and myself, we put together with great friends like the Smoke Sheet and New York City Barbecue Weekly newsletters and the Taste of Brooklyn, Taste of the Bronx and uh, Slow, Slow Money NYC and a few other friends, an interesting international sauce competition, Sauce King NYC. Um, you know, most of our events were canceled and there wasn't too much going on in New York City besides outside dining and, and delivery. Uh, but Sauce King NYC was our chance to engage with a lot of new brands and learn more about uh, food and, and consumer products and also the, the, the intersection with, uh, with beer as well and beer and barbecue. So uh, some of the key people from that event have joined us. Um, we're going to go around the room and everyone's going to introduce themselves. We'll start with the Sauce King NYC 2020 grand champion himself, Mr. Ray Sheehan of Barbecue Buddha. Ray, how are you, brother? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me. So uh, you've got a great backstory that we're going to dive into. But for for, for starters, um, just tell everybody when you started making your barbecue Buddha sauce, some of the inspirations, and you know what's the secret ingredient in Memphis Mott that that won the Sauce King NYC? Well, I think. Uh... Memphis has been a great inspiration for me, and I, I love the fact that uh, a Memphis-style sauce is basically, it has a lot of flavor, but it doesn't have any too much of any one thing. And I like to say, like with our sauce, it leaves it leaves you wanting more with that, that little bit of spice on the end of your palate. Um, and the secret ingredient um, for us has been uh, basically using natural ingredients we don't use any uh, high fructose corn syrup. There's no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives in any of our products. And um, and I think that's been the winning recipe for us. That's great. You really impressed everyone. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you more about this today. Um, next, um, the guys from Kansas City. Uh, Brad, will you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, Brad Jungles. I'm with Rufus Teague Barbecue out of KC. You guys also like you're one of these top up and coming uh, national sauce brands. You really impressed us with with quite a wide range of sauces. Um, how, how did you guys start making sauces? What's the quick backstory on Rufus Teague? 
So uh, a good buddy of mine, back in 2004, we both had advertising jobs. Uh, he just started doing that backyard barbecue thing, and before you know it, he's doing competitions, he's winning, he's uh, starting to make some pretty good meats, and next thing you know, he started making sauce, and that, that sauce is really what you know actually put him over the edge. He started winning even more. The uh, sauce started winning you know, all the sauce competitions he was, he was putting it into, and uh, you know, four years ago, this thing became a full-time gig for both of us, even though we've been working on it since 2004. Um, but yeah, John McCone, he's the guy. Yeah, and, I know uh, that our judges recognize your touch of heat. Uh, we call it the Holy Trinity because it, it had a lot going on. Um, but what, what's this? What's your number one sauce? So the number one is still the original, which is our honey sweet. But I will say the touch of heat, the touch of heat's right behind it. Um, still my favorite. I've eaten thousands of gallons of that over the years but yeah still putting it down and and you know like ray we uh you know we try to we're a small company family business and uh try to be as clean of a product as we possibly can everything's non-gmo verified everything's gluten-free and uh no preserver preservatives or anything like that all natural no we we had nine judges and i'll have to tell you uh, the 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 top ten or so is really close. There's so many so many really good sauces. Thank you so much. And Fubs uh, at just at beer sauce. Give us a quick intro into your company because um, you are a food marketing guru. <laughs> no, I'm just a guy from Queens. Um, how you guys doing? Uh, I'm Fubs, uh, founder of Just That Beer Sauce and Marinade Mix. Uh, we're kind of uh, we're the outlier here. We're we're more or less like if something doesn't exist, put it in the world. And that's kind of that's kind of been the story since I had this idea. I come from a whole different realm of of the universe of like a cultural background. I travel the country and the world selling clothing and doing brand marketing and managing artists and such. And so and I was a photographer for a long time. And I we came came to an idea that was while consulting that about a beer marinade. And I was like, why does this exist, this beer sauce concept? And it didn't, and I couldn't even believe it. And I called a friend of mine who at the time was, uh, he's, he's been a chef. He was at Nobu for years. He's a good old friend of mine. And he was like, that's a genius idea. So he started working on it. And before you know it, we had launched a sauce company uh, a couple years back. And so that, that kind of, uh, he helped me develop it. And, and we've been, I've been running with it since. And that's kind of like the, the base of it. And, you know, learning the game, you guys, have, as all well know, and of course, clean ingredients, never not. Uh, we're different ingredients. We put a lot of umami rich stuff in our sauce, like kombu instead of water. Um, and it, 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 it builds different stuff when you add different beers to it. So we've seen that, that without those key ingredients, everything's just salt and sugar. And, you know, people will want you to make that, but that's not, that's not where the, where the, 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 the magic lies. That's great. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that today. And then, uh, just for another perspective, one of our Sauce King NYC judges, Alyssa. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Alyssa, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name's Alyssa. I'm with uh, Totally Fork. It's my blog. Uh, I'm a food writer, food blogger, and now a New York City Sauce King, Sauce King judge. <laughs> That's great. So it was, it was really great having you. We had nine judges, uh, again, with the pandemic. Some, like you, uh, judged remotely and others judged in small groups. What were a couple of things that stood out? Because you kind of had some of the top 10 uh, barbecue sauces come your way. Right. So definitely, you know, obviously the first thing you look at is the packaging. It's the first thing to kind of attract you. 
Um, there was definitely some great labeling. I, I admired that. Uh, as for the flavors, there was definitely a lot of uh, sweet, like, you know, sauces on the, a little bit of the sweeter side. There wasn't too much spicy. Um, and if it was, it had like a little bit of a kick, which I'm not that big on, on spicy. So I, I appreciated that. But even so, there were some really great sauces that did have more of a kick, um, you know, like Rufus Teague's. Uh, Buddha Memphis Soul obviously was one of the ones that were sweeter. Uh, and I really liked the flavor of it. And like uh, someone mentioned before, there was a lot of like umami flavors in some of the sauces. And it was just, it was really great trying them all next to each other and kind of seeing the differences between them. Yeah. And so you, you also do restaurant reviews. Um, what are some, what are some gigs that someone like you could be hired for in, in the food world? Uh, primarily I do, uh, social media and marketing. So I try to help restaurants promote, uh, new menu items, promote the restaurant, try to get people in the door. Um, so that's primarily what I do. I'm also a food writer and I am starting to write for some local publications here, uh, in Delaware and, also the blogging, but primarily social media is what I'm known for. Yeah. Well, it was really a pleasure uh, getting to know you better through this. And now we're going to go back to Ray. So, Ray, uh, it's barbecue Buddha is your sauce. You, you sent me one photo of the, the beer can chicken. Uh, tell us about your your barbecue sauce book because uh, I've enjoyed it, and um, it's that's also winning awards. So you, you've got an award-winning sauce. You've got an award-winning book. And uh, – Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, like Rufus Teague, we are a family-run business, and um, I started this um, about almost six years ago in Neptune, New Jersey. And uh, it, you know, I've always been in the food world. Uh, whether whether it was you know, starting as a dishwasher, working my way up to being a chef, and I've always wanted to write a cookbook. It's it's kind of a, a you know, I fulfilled a dream uh, by doing it, um, and basically uh, that came about because. We won so many awards for the for our sauces, particularly the Memphis. Um, the book features the the recipe for my Memphis uh, barbecue sauce, as well as our Kansas City, and then eight other sauces that have helped me win sauce uh, competitions or uh, cooking and grilling uh, competitions. Um, so it features ten sauces and then fifty ways to use them, whether you're grilling, smoking, you know, outdoor cooking. Um, and, and it runs the gamut from, you know, Memphis to an Asian style. And you talk about that umami flavor. We feature, uh, black garlic in the Asian barbecue sauce, which really brings a world of umami flavor to the, to the sauce, um, naturally, you know, without any, um, any, uh, artificial, uh, flavor enhancers. And so fortunately, uh, you know, we entered the book into a, a competition. I said, well, you know, you never know. Let's see what happens. And we entered the uh, International Book Awards. And I I was like so shocked. I couldn't believe it. But we won first place for the uh, for the cookbook. Uh, it, it really has a lot to offer. There's great rubs. There's, I mean, amazing sauces, you know, if I have to say so myself. But there's rubs, there's brines, there's so many ways to keep your food uh, tender and moist as you're cooking. Um, and some pitmaster secrets in there. It, it's really for the experienced person or the beginner person, because it's, it's basically, um, you know, trying to um, enhance your outdoor cooking experience. So what the, one of the photos that we posted today, the beer can chicken, 
Tell us how you make it and, and tell us about the beer that you, you use. Why, so, why put a can in a chicken anyways? So originally, I think this was called chicken on a throne. So that can actually serves a couple purposes. And, and one of them is to hold help it to stand up. Um, so this way you can get uh, the, a nice uh, crust on the skin all the way around as you're cooking it. Uh, the beer that I used um, for the book and for what I use frequently at home is uh, from Asbury Park Brewery in Asbury Park, New Jersey. This one is uh, featuring the Stone Pony uh, uh, beer for it to um, commemorate their 45th anniversary. The Stone Pony is an iconic music club, uh, I think, where Bruce Springsteen got his start on the Jersey Shore. Um, and so I was, you know, uh, grew up in that area and, um, I like to support local business and they make a great beer. Um, so any one of their beers I think are great. Um, I particularly love the, um, the stone pony 45 or the blonde, um, you know, they're like a light bodied type of beer. Um, and they're like, a, have a European style, uh, European style lager with Czech and German hops. They pair really well with my Memphis because uh, the Memphis is sweet and tangy and has a lot of flavor. And uh, they do, they tend to complement that, that profile. Um, basically, you know, you drink half the beer, you put some herbs in it, some garlic in the can of beer, put the can in the cavity of the bird and then smoke it. Um, or you can do it on the grill, like offset, um, and you get a nice crust on the outside. It keeps the inside nice and moist. And, um, it's, it's kind of just one of those things. It's like on a Sunday afternoon, I'll put a couple, you know, out on the smoker, a couple chickens and, uh, I'm good to go. It's my barbecue meal prep. You do, you, do you try to ca catch the drippings from the chicken? Is there a way to do um, that when you have a grill or a smoker? Sure. You can, you can put a, a pan underneath it. If, um, underneath the grate, underneath the cooking grate, depends on what kind of cooker you have, but sure. You can do that. Yep. That's great. And now let's go to, to Brad and Rufus Teague. Um, one reason we, we invited you to the show is that you're actually, you're making a, a sauce that's made with beer. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, we, we came up with this idea, of course, sitting outside at a, at a Royals game, having a couple of, uh, beers and trying to figure out what our next products would be. We have a lot of good products that we feel really great about, but innovation is one of the things that we just really get off on. We, we love buff or just barbecue in general, we love beer in general. And so we just sat there thinking, we're like, okay, we, you know, want something that's kind of tailgate specific beer and barbecue makes as much sense as anything. Um, so we've seen a little bit of that out there. We actually have a whiskey sauce, but we thought, okay, a beer sauce would be great too. But I've seen a little bit of that in a bottle. So we just decided we want to put it in a can. We want to work with, uh, you know, we start working at least with, with Boulevard Brewery out of Kansas City, which is the big brand um, around us, and uh, reached out to them. They were all into it. And then we set off on this journey to try to figure out how to put it in a can. And, uh, you know, shame on us. We had no idea how hard that was going to be. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> It, it was only about a year and a half it took for us to figure out how to actually do that after being told by virtually everybody we came in contact with within the brewing world and, uh, you know, with the machinery and canning uh, the cans themselves, uh, that it was just not going to be possible. But we, we so kept wait, after So it. it's, it's, what's the name of the sauce? It's Can-O-Q. So, uh, yeah. So we've had uh, an unfiltered wheat. It's called Can-O-Q. It's kind of the overarching brand for all the uh, cans. 
We, uh, it's literally barbecue sauce made with about 25% beer and a beer can, an actual beer can, just like you would crack it open. And uh, we have a little reclosable lid, a little snap-on lid that we put on top of it. So, you know, not many people drink 12 ounces of, of sauce at a time. So we want to make sure you can keep the rest. And uh, we made the first batch with Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat, which was really fantastic. Uh, you know, it it was... Uh, you know, really received well. We, we sold it only basically around Kansas City. We made 2,000 cases uh, after we figured out how to actually, you know, get the, the I think the uh, six different rounds of, of formulating it before we could get ball canning to approve it uh, was probably the most difficult part. But uh, so what was the issue? Was it the consistency? Um, no, it's, uh, you know, just to make sure that the aluminum is not going to be compromised in any way or that the, uh, you know, there's a liner inside the cans. And so we wanted to, we had to make sure that that would still be stable. And we just wanted to make sure that the can wouldn't degrade over time. And, and they won't actually sell you cans until, I mean, I think most brewers probably know this, but they won't actually sell you the cans um, until they've actually, you know, signed off on it. So it took us quite a few times of kind of reformulating. And, and like I said, we've got about 25% beer in the, each, uh, in each can. And I think that actually helped us out a lot because it, it thins it just enough that it pours really nicely. And we, we couldn't be happier. We couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Yeah. That, that's an issue for me is some of the sauces that come out of the bottles are sometimes too thick, or you just don't quite know what the consistency is going to be. Um, so on that note, what, what would you cook with the can of Q? Like what's, what's a good recipe or, way to serve it well we just use it as a traditional barbecue sauce i mean most of ours are like you said very thick and you know we get complaints because they we sometimes get a little clogged in the bottle because they're so so thick uh with this we just think it's fantastic on chicken it's a great dipping sauce um it is you know really we've made some fantastic ribs and, and brisket and just you know it's it's a great one to kind of mix, especially if you do like a, a pork butt or something where you, you shred it, it really does mix in there well. Um, and it just has, you know, it's a really good flavor, but there's still some earthiness to it. We wanted to make sure that the beer shine through. And, uh, I think we accomplished that with the first one and we're actually excited, uh, early, it's going to be spring of next year. We're actually going to be doing a bigger run and we'll be using two other different flavors outside of the unfiltered wheat that, uh, Boulevard offers and uh are tailoring those you know three flavors around the beer so we really use the beer and try to accentuate the flavors that are within each of those uh unique beers and and make them you know kind of live on their own so Brad, can you tell for, us what what those other boulevard beers will be yeah sure so unfiltered wheat like i said was the original um it has some citrusy hints kind of plays into that wheat space uh there is a little earthiness on the back end of it uh Space Camper IPA is another uh, big beer for Boulevard. IPAs are a little tricky. They do have, you know, that bitterness that the hops uh, bring through. So we, we kind of made this one into kind of a fruity, citrusy uh, version that is more peppery and a little bit more um, spicy. So it kind of, it mellows that bitterness a bit. But again, I think there's still, uh, you know, a lot of those real flavors that you find in the IPA. And then the last is Tank 7, which is one of my favorite all-time beers. And uh, it's kind of a complex beer. It's a farmhouse ale, if you guys are familiar with it. Uh, oh, yeah. lots, of lots of aromatic spice notes and things like that to play off of. 
So we really push the cloves and the pepper that come through so well in that. It's a really interesting sauce. So good. Um, unfortunately, I, I, we've only had, you know, our, our samples that we've been able to make. We're still trying to, uh, we, we just got it approved. So this all should be coming out um, first of next year, actually probably around March because cans, as everybody knows, are in short supply. So uh, we're kind of at the bottom of the list when it comes to, uh, you know, getting cans produced. So we're, we're looking forward to it. But the Tank 7 Space Camper and Unfiltered Wheat are the, the versions wow, we're coming out w- with. W- one more in the can revolution. We're looking forward to that. And let's go to Fubs. So Fubs, just that beer. So tell us what beers you use and, and how I can use them with your sauce. Well, you see, our sauces, um, we, we range into the barbecue world with beer, but we also step out of it and we tend to like really dig into the kitchen, into that culinary side of it. That's like not, not necessarily, you know, always grilling and, and making, making kind of barbecue. We do a, a Szechuan black vinegar sauce that is, that I mix with like, like for your events, Jimmy, I mix it with, um, with an other half mist fruits, which is like a sour, um, they do like this crazy lime coconut sour ale, and then we make a beet salad with it, like a cold beet salad. We've given it out at a uh, castle. Oh, that's here. good. That's really good. Yeah, you know. And so, like, we we touch on that, and that's that's one of the things I do. And the miso, we love to use it and and broil salmon with it in in house and mix it with. Right now, I'm working with different like hazy IPAs really go with it, as well as like dark stouts and and porters and things like that. So it it, it matches, and so we've done. Um, Recently, I actually used uh, the Black Widow cider they make it at uh, Original Sin, and I did. I jumped into the cider realm with it, and and with the miso and that on salmon, it becomes this unbelievable, like like just crust almost, like not crust, but like like it's 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 perfect. It's how how it goes. So it, we touch on both realms because we can, of course, any any sauce made like that, you can throw beer into it, and you know, for us, like you said, we we barbecue, we marinate, so. We, put a big hunk of meat and then smoke it for, you know, 15 hours or whatever. And it becomes this crazy different thing with the beer. Well, so you, 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 you kill it on Instagram, but just walk <laughs> me through this. So the miso uh, broiled salmon, just yeah. give me a few steps. You, you got, you've got the, the so our, miso. So our sauce breaks sauce. down into three or four different ways to use it, you know, and it comes down in a ratio. So a two to one is a sauce or like what I'll use, I'll put it, is two to one sauce to beer and then I'll mix it up and I'll just, I'll, I'll let salmon sit in that. And then right after it's done, I'll, I'll, whatever's left, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll brush on the salmon as it's broiling. And so I'll flip it a couple times, maybe like put it in the broiler for like maybe eight minutes total, seven minutes total kind of thing. A minute on each side, flip it a couple times, like two minutes aside, brush it each time. And it's, it's perfect. It becomes like the simplest, most delicious salmon that anybody that can't cook can cook. Great. So, it, yeah. And what about with the, the beets? Um, so the beets, that? Uh, that was the Szechuan. Our Szechuan black vinegar, we use a lot of Szechuan peppercorn. We use uh, black vinegar. We use some, there's some soy in it, uh, five spice, some shallots. And it beca- it's a very, it's it, it has that, that, you know, the Chinese call it Mao Plow, that, that numb feeling. And we, we worked real hard on getting as much Szechuan peppercorn into a, into a sauce without breaking the bank, so to speak. And that changes every day, depending on, you know, how, how it's going in the market. Um, but 
is so so that that is a different thing. And with the beats, the beats are sweet. So we mix it in with what what I mix it in with is with the mist fruits. A very fruity sours kill with our Szechuan, and lamb goes with it. Like th- those two things and lamb go together like unbelievably. But with the beats, we mix it up with you know beets. Uh, I don't even remember what was in the beet salad. To be honest with you, all the pieces there was a very few things in it, and that was our sauce for it. That was our quick dressing. And it was just, it was a two to one again. But do, do, do you heat, when you mix the beer with that sauce for something like that, do you heat it first? You know, how, no, how we do don't you, heat it at all. Do we, we do it cold. Like, honestly, I did it cold. I put a, I actually put a little extra vinegar into it just to cut it and make a vinaigrette out of it. So we turn it into a vinaigrette. It has that ability to be this, like, this, this magic Swiss army knife, so to speak. So a little vinaigrette, our sauce, and some beer, mixed it up cold. We don't need to cook it at that point and, you know, wisp it up and you put it on your, on your, I mean, of course you roast your beets, but that's not cold, you know, it goes without saying, but you roast the beets that are cooled already and you're good. It's uh, let it sit. Of course, good. Give, give it an hour to, to, to do its thing and uh, you're good. All right. And let's go to Alyssa. Uh, trying to get everyone in a good intro. Uh, Alyssa, when you were judging, I remember one thing that you noticed that most other judges didn't talk about was the pourability. Uh, and since we're talking about some sauces with beer in them or thinner, um, do you want to talk a little more about that judging process? And I remember pourability yeah. was was a was a big thing you talked about. Yes, definitely, because that I guess you know kind of decides what you're going to use it for. Sometimes um, some of the more the thicker ones, I I tend to like thicker barbecue sauces, um, just because I feel like you can do a little bit more with it. You can use it for dipping. Uh, glazing. So just add beer was a good one for that. Um, but when it comes to more pourable ones, I remember five monkeys was very, um, it had like the squirt bottle. You just kind of like squirt everywhere. And uh, what else? So you, you, really like, st- you liked it? You liked the squirt bottle? I, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I liked it because it's convenient to use. It's easy. But at the same time, the presentation, there's something about just like that kind of like open barbecue sauce bottle that feels more authentic almost. So do you like a wider mouth is something like that? Yeah, I tend to prefer the wider mouth, but the, the, the squirt container was very easy to use. So, you know, I can't, I can't knock it. Um, some of the more pourable ones, I'm trying to remember, I know Polly G's was pretty pourable. Marie Sharp's was very, um, very liquid based. That was an interesting one, also. Yeah, that was, was the season. All that that won one of the top prizes as well. That was kind was of a, a marinade and very vinegary. Right. It was yeah. interesting. I didn't like it when I first tried it. To be honest, it, it felt a little, you know, because I had just tried all the other barbecue sauces, and most of them had some semblance of sweetness to it, uh, and like the umami flavors and all that. But when I tried the, uh, when I tried uh, the seasonal one by Mary Sharps, it was just so vinegary in comparison. Um, but then as I like let it sit on my tongue and I kept thinking about it and I started using it, I was like, you know, this is actually, this is very interesting. You could use it for a lot of different things. I made some Bloody Marys with it, which is great. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And some of the sauces are really meant meant to be cooked with and while others you, you can just add on top. Well, guys, we're, we're off to a good start. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All of us at HRN have been keeping busy, despite working and recording from home. 
This fall, we're proud to announce new shows on the network that each bring important and enlightening stories to listeners around the world. While the world is in turmoil and the future of our country is uncertain, there are certain constants that help keep us going. For us, food and storytelling are essential. While we can't come together in person, food podcasts from HRN provide a virtual table we can all gather around. Bringing exceptional stories to your ears and keeping you informed on the ever-changing political and environmental issues of our time is integral to our mission. At a time when the world around us is rapidly changing, HRN is committed to being here for our listening community, and we need you to be here for us. Join our table and help ensure the future of food radio by becoming a member of HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to make a contribution. Check out the latest additions to our lineup while you're there. You can see all of our series at heritageradionetwork.org slash new show. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host of Beer Sessions Radio. It's a good time to become a member. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org. So we're talking with some of the Sauce King NYC winners and talking about beer and barbecue. Um, so I want, to, I want to go back to um, Ray Sheehan, our, the Sauce King NYC grand champion of Barbecue Buddha. Um, Ray, you, 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 you're, the sauce that won is the Memphis Mott. Tell us the difference between Memphis sauces and Kansas City sauces, because I know you're you're uh, you guys are really in the American barbecue world. Oh yeah, uh, I I feel like the the Memphis um, is like a sweet and tangy style sauce. Um, like I said before, it, it's not uh, it's not heavy on any one thing. It's very well balanced, um, and when you get into like the Kansas City barbecue sauces, um, and you know, within regions of barbecue, there's even variances in that region. So, uh, like in my book, award-winning barbecue sauces and how to use them, I have my Kansas City barbecue sauce recipe. Um, but that doesn't—that's not the only barbecue uh, Kansas City uh, style sauce recipe out there. Mine is like a, more of a sweet and smoky style sauce, um, but a lot of them are sweet. A little bit thicker, a little bit richer, and do have a little kick at the end, uh, where mine doesn't necessarily have that. But uh, so, you know, you have uh, a little bit thicker, a little bit richer, a little bit sweeter. I think in Kansas City, with a little bit of a kind of a peppery kick at the end. That's that's the way I would say it. Yeah, and Brad, how, how would you describe the difference between Kansas City style sauces and Memphis? It seems like you, you are you guys squarely in the Kansas City style barbecue sauce camp. Uh, I would say yes, we are. Um, I mean, that's that's certainly you know our foundation and the foundation of almost all our products. We did just come out with one that is uh, more of a Carolina mustard type sauce, but even with that one, we we pushed it more into the Kansas City realm where we did make it a bit sweeter. We then that smokiness, we even threw a little bacon in there just to kind of you know make it true Kansas City. But yeah, it's the same. You know, I think Ray kind of nailed it. it it's uh, you know they are. A tomato base, Kansas City, you know, typically a tomato based sauce and uh, does have a lot of sweetness, molasses and smoke. So that's really kind of the foundation. I mean, obviously, 
there's a lot of different variances when you talk about the spices that are in there. Um, we have a, a wide variety of heat from, you know, the honey sweet really doesn't have any kick whatsoever, but we have a blazing hot that is actually quite hot. So we've kind of, you know, sort of pushed it in different angles and, and tried to add, you know, some interesting variations to what is typically a Kansas City sort of traditional sauce. You know, you, you mentioned your affiliation with Kansas City and uh, in this last decade, you've had some, you know, winning sports teams. Um, wh- what does it take to to get sports team branding? Like say you want to do a Kansas City Chiefs sauce or a Royals sauce. Uh, is that something down the road or you get, just walk our listeners through like what it would take to, to achieve that if you've ever considered it? We've considered it. I think the number one thing it takes is a lot of money. Um, so we, you know, as a, any sponsorship, especially with a major league team, there's really quite a lot to do. I handle the marketing for, for Rufus. So um, it, it's something that we aren't quite there yet. I can tell you that. Um, but the Cano Q, I will say that I'm, we came out with two different versions last year. One was right at the beginning of baseball season, which was a blue can. And then we uh, re-released it in a red can in August for just happened to coincide with the timing of NFL season. And uh, the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying that that was <laughs> wholly dedicated and wholly because of our, our can of cue, but uh, it certainly you know made me feel better every time that we, we cracked one. And so, so you're using smart marketing. You've got the colors of your team, and you and you can work them in. Uh, it kind of gives a little local pride, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, we did that last year. Um, again, we weren't sure if this product was going to be really viable. It was kind of a test. We feel like we've since proved out. You know, the proof of concept is certainly there. So um, now, what we're going to be doing for this next round, you'll see next year. Uh, we are playing much more off of the actual beer cans that the Boulevard offers. So before we, we you know, we had a grill on the front of it. It was a red can. It said Canicue really large and had a, a grill on it. Now, obviously, we have to call out barbecue sauce. There, There is one, you know, little stipulation with the Canicue, and that's that we need to make sure that we set it apart from a beer uh, because, it, like I said, it's a beer can. The cap helps. But it definitely has to say barbecue sauce quite large on it. So we do have that, and that will be um, pretty apparent on all those different designs. Yeah, probably change your taxes too, right? <laughs> Tax as <laughs> yeah. beer and under 21 is not allowed. Um, yeah, that's interesting about the colors. I know that Brooklyn Brewery for a long time had – they wouldn't call it a Yankees Pilsner, but they got away with calling it Pinstripe Pills. Um, so it's kind of interesting, the, the connection with sports marketing fobs on your end um tell us more about some of the the, the different beers that, that you've worked with because you sent me a whole list of beers you've used at our events oh well, um, yeah i mean we've uh since we started part of it was really to dig deep and uh, especially local you know uh and for a while we had people out in la working with us so we had a lot of local la stuff but it was really to dig deep about local people we work with, especially when we do events with you, Jimmy, because, you know, we want to show up with those things. Like we've, we've worked with big Alice, their Queensbridge IPA, you know, really it, it, there's something about it. I don't know what they put in. It It is phenomenal. And it goes, I mean, I know what they put in it, but I'm just saying it is, 
the way they they brew that makes pairs perfectly with our miso. We we've made uh, we made stew uh, chickpeas for you actually uh, for a vegan live event a long time ago. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so and then we also do like uh, a range of we just did Tecate and we did with Tecate we just made micheladas which went over really well at the Pizzol Fest. So it's like we also go into just making drinks with it, like turning it into a straight up michelada mix. And and some of the chefs from like some of the better restaurants were like, what is this? They were like, this is better than what we make. What is this? And I was like, oh, this is just our sauce. And he was like, are you serious? And it's like, it's a Mexican sauce. He's like, this is good. Cause, and then he said, what's in it? And I said, Eposate. And he said, that's it. Like it's a certain flavor that we've put in that really gives it an authentic kind of touch that, that is this is a special thing they put in micheladas. So we've done it. It's, it becomes this transformer, so to speak. And, uh, changes direction anytime you want to use it into a different, different realm so and that's why we go on yeah you're doing a great job you know on instagram i know you've got a lot of you I mean you really know how to push your brand and you come to events whenever whenever we need you but how do you sell your product we do a lot of we do wholesale we do a lot of personal um you know i, I went on the road for six eight months for when we started here and there and went on went to door to door Straight up went to butchers and and beer stores and all that to really figure out where we fit in because we didn't come from the universe of it to to get our footing and had distributor meetings and you know found our you know our blessings and our sins are the same thing usually like oh it's great you add beer to it wait they add beer to it very confused by it sometimes um, and so we do that we have a bunch of ecom we do direct and we're in the process of uh, trying to expand into all those things you know. Yeah, that's great. What about for you, Ray? Um, what what are your sales channels right now? Well, I I have to say we we started an online store back in December, which has been a lifesaver because of COVID and everything. Um, I spent you know the first the first the, in the beginning when you know the, uh, of starting this company, I was doing it like on the side uh, apart from my regular job, and you know so our main thing was just trying to get it into stores. Um, but, uh, you know, a really important sales channel for us has been the farmer's markets and um, doing vendor craft shows, that t- those types of events. Uh, basically, any festivals that we could do, uh, direct sales. And, and I, what I've found is that you really need a combination of all these things. You need your wholesale. You need your uh, festival. You need your online. You know, you, you need that um, – that online for the word of mouth, um, you know, and you need to partner and do giveaways. And, and there's so many things that you have to have, um, you know, your hands in, in order to spread the word and spread the barbecue love out there and get your name out there. So you, you, you're kind of your, your lead uh, product is the Memphis mop sauce. Yes. I know you have a couple others. Tell us about your new hot sauce. Oh man, I wish I had it in time for uh, Sauce King, but hopefully for next year we could do it. It's uh, it's called Mantra, and it's it's our it's it's basically like you know uh, adding flavor to your every meal is our daily mantra. It's an everyday use type of hot sauce. It's uh, a cayenne red pepper sauce with notes of garlic and spice, and it's not like so hot that it's going to ruin your day, but it's going to complement your your meals, your, your pizza, your burgers, your eggs. Um, it, it's kind of like barbecue inspired, I, I, I call it. And it's really, really delicious. So next year for Sauce King, I can't wait to enter that one. Oh, that's great. And then with your, with your book, just remind us the name of the book again. 
And then um, I'm going to ask you to pick a, a recipe from it that you would pair with a beer. Okay. Uh, the name of the book is Award-Winning Barbecue Sauces and How to Use Them, uh, the, secret, the Secret Ingredient to Next Level Smoking. Um, if you can get your hands on a, on a, like a, like a ale, like a, like a stout that has notes of chocolate and coffee, I would definitely pair that with, um, my smoked, uh, beef back ribs that are in the book. Um, you know, because the, I feel like the coffee and the chocolate would pair really well, uh, with the beef, um, let me see. The recipe is sweet and spicy beef back ribs on page 86. And that's that's probably the one I would go with to pair it with. Wow. I'm going to ask Fubs. Fubs, in the New York market, can you think of a, of a coffee stout that you might pick for that? Yeah, actually, uh, there's two. I don't know if you actually consider it New York, but I think they, uh, the McKellar. The McKellar... Um, well, the the decadent brewing maple coffee porter is is amazing. is um is a really special thing, and I think they're they're local. I think they're local upstate. Um, and this the McKellar beer beer geek brunch, whatever it's called, I think that's what yeah. it's called. Beer is, geek brunch stouts, yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Those two things are really a special special sweetness to it. And in LA, we have uh, this horchata stout that they make. That Pacific Plate makes that's crazy with with like a pairing of, of any kind of barbecue sauce. Wow, it's, it's horchata, so it's like this weird sweet stout, but it's amazing. It's different, it's very LA. Let me go back to Alyssa. Um, for you, you you review some restaurants and do some social media. Have you uh, participated in any uh, beer and food pairings before? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I definitely have. Um, at least a few a long time ago. I can't remember too much of the specifics. Um, shoot. I know there was one in Brooklyn in the, in the Navy Yard, the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I'm trying to remember what that, the name was. Yeah. But w- would you go to one? Is that of interest to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So what would you want to see at a beer and food dinner? Like what, what's, what would draw you to it? Um, you obviously barbecue. So like the way Pig Island did it, I think was great. You know, I like the fact that you had, it wasn't just beer, it was all kinds of alcohol, but you know, primarily beer it seemed, um, paired with like the different barbecue sauces and the barbecue foods. It just it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So I, I would like to see that. <laughs> and I bet, um, I don't know if you, do you have a question for, for, uh, Brad at Rufus Teague? I bet you do. Yeah, I do. So <laughs> that's so <laughs> Um, the one that we tried for the sauce competition, um, that, touch, that was so good. touch of heat, I think. Yeah. Touch of heat. Um, what are some recipes that you would normally, you know, prefer to use that with in terms of, you know, grilling or, or anything? So, you know, I, I really do feel like with the Kansas city, like a good Kansas city style sauce, it really can go across the board. Um, again, that's one of our go-tos whenever we make a brisket. Briskets take so long to make. You really put a lot of effort into them. So that is always, it's got just enough heat, we feel like, to cut through um, that sort of real thick, beefy flavor that a brisket will, will provide. And it, you know, I think it just works so perfectly with that. So to me, that is the perfect brisket sauce. Um, I know that 
you know, when you get down into Texas, they don't really have like sauce that much. But I can promise you that everybody that I know from Texas, when they come up here, or even when I'm visiting them, touch of heat is usually a part of that that brisket experience. So that would be my my recommendation there. That's I could definitely. Yeah, that's answer. a good question, Alyssa. It, you posted a nice picture of yourself holding some beer. What were the beers that you were holding? That was so. There is a, a brewery called uh, Lone Pine. And they just started selling uh, their beer here in Delaware. So I have the uh, Brightside IPA and the OJ, which is a citrus-flavored uh, IPA. So you're, you're usually in Brooklyn, but because of COVID, you're down in Delaware, right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, there's a really good hot sauce place in Rehoboth. Do, do you know about it? Um, I down the Rehoboth much because um you know I'm a New York City girl and I've never driven a day in my life so <laughs> getting around Delaware has been challenging uh and that's a little far for me but I would like to explore that area there's a lot of good restaurants from what I hear yeah no it, it's quite a good scene one thing I'll say about the sauce king is just just to see a glimpse into the variety of sauces and products that people are making um I, w- I wondered Fubs when you got into this business were there any inspirations out there? I mean, you know, somebody's got a favorite sauce or was there experience? Because when I first met you, it was a couple of years ago, you were at a bar on the Lower East Side. <laughs> you had hired a chef and he was serving chicken for free uh, with your sauce. So I was like, I got to work with this guy because <laughs> that's that's called show business. Well, I have a my friend owned the bar um, that I go back a million and a half years with. He owns like all kinds of nightclubs. And I was like, I'm launching a sauce brand and he said he said let's do a wing flight i said i'm in you know so we'll do a wing beer pairing flight situation three beers three wings we'll give some food out we'll we'll invite some people and do it in a small enough place that we don't have like police show up because of overcrowding and whatnot and just see what happens and we did it and it was uh it was sometimes you just gotta you gotta showboat right like, gotta, it was the most civilized thing. And every every time you come to an event, uh, you always impress me with your choice of beer or cider. Tell me about uh, Jesse Chef uh, Jesse Ferguson at Interboro because I know he's a, he was in the music scene too. He was. I do. I know Jesse. Um, he was a manager of a really really influential record label. Um, he was the label manager for it, and I used to own a art and design graffiti etc. Cultural magazine, and so. And we go back to that moment. And so when this started, I was like, oh, Jesse runs Interboro. And so we got together a couple of times. I've done a Super Bowl uh, wing situation there a couple of years ago. We did a wing, a wing special, a Szechuan wing special. And um, we've, I've, I've used uh, Max and Relax is one of my favorite sours he makes. I don't know if he makes it anymore. I know he did it for a while. I'm not sure if he's still making that one. Um, and his, his, his Pilsner is just straight up. It's it might be one of the closest things to Roundhouse I know out here. It's like it's right there. So it's it's kind of it's right up the alley. But so we come from a different universe. But part of us is that we bring that to this world, right? Is that we we know how to you know kind of wave a flag, so to speak. But some of my influences, which is where this started, really was um, other than where I come from. In terms of sauce, Rufus Teague was an influence when we started really digging into it because I I cook. And I've always made stuff, and my friend's a chef, so I always have sauce in the fridge. When we started really digging into making a sauce and really seeing what was out there, the Rufus Teague is one of like this is like these dudes are are doing it, which is very interesting because this is maybe 
when I started thinking about it, I don't know, three, four years ago, something like that, when I actually started thinking about it. And so it was just the range of, of sauce in general. Like there's so much food out there, especially being from Queens. There's you. I mean, I've tasted all kinds of stuff from strange family members, friends, brothers, uncles, etc. Like I get miso in the mail from people like, Oh, my mom, my grandmother made this things like that. So all that is an influence and to bring something new in terms of my chef buddy really knew his flavor, his flavor depth and, and this stuff he wanted to sh- shine in different, you know, like we did a one Mexican flavor and with the stuff he wanted to bring out to that, that meshes with beer and the same with the Japanese miso and, and just certain things that it was to expand the concept of sauce, I guess. And what, and with the beer, every time you come out, it's different as everybody knows here that that has used their beer. It's like changes the sauce and it makes it, unique each time well that that's what i was thinking about is because like I, i'm drinking right now uh from our friends in georgia good good word brewing uh the drink time it's a martzen lager that's like the original oktoberfest like an amber lager but it's got just enough maltiness to it that i was thinking that that would be something great with um you know the the beer can chicken but honestly i, I i'll cook with hoppy ipas i'll, I'll cook with stouts just like with different types of wine, I feel like cooking with beer definitely has a place and you don't have to, I don't think you have to use something like neutral, you know, like a Corona or Tecate. I think that there's a lot of, I think people are afraid to cook with beer. I don't think they realize that, that there's a lot of complex flavors there, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's full. It, you know, like the, the complexity of beer right now is outrageous. Like all, especially when you go into like the sours, like the dry hop sours versus the fruit sours and, what you can do with them is it's a, it's unspeakable. Like we were talking about that beet salad and there's, you can taste that, that, that was, that was crazy good, man. That was like, we talked good. about it cause it, it was like, it's a beet salad. Like we're we really talking about beet salad with a bunch of barbecue guys. Yeah. We were going to talk about it, you know, because why? Because it's, it take it. And my sauce is great. And the, the Szechuan's amazing, but the other half beer is what made, that salad so successful without it would just be sauce you know it's like kind of like you know not to not to step on our own stuff but it's what changes the direction of things and like what you're drinking right now you could probably put it with our miso or our szechuan and it would do really really nice stuff yeah and quick to ray ray in your book um do you have a a a vegetable recipe and what sauce do you use with that vegetable i do have a uh, grilled crudite um, in the Alabama white sauce chapter. And, um, you know, we use it on, we use that sauce on smoked chicken halves and we use it for a creamy white barbecue slaw or barbecue pasta salad. Um, but it's really great, you know, just on grilled vegetables, you know, and, and, or on a chicken, you know, I do like a, um, kind of like a, uh, uh, like a Nashville hot chicken sandwich with the Alabama white barbecue sauce on it. Really good. What is the white sauce? So you do you don't make you don't bottle the white sauce, do you? Um, no, I don't have it bottled um, yet. But that that's definitely something that could you know could be in the works. But uh, but basically, the the white barbecue sauce uh, you know is like mayonnaise, cider vinegar, apple juice, a little mustard, horseradish, uh, lemon juice, a uh, little black pepper, a little cayenne, and um, you know it. It really is, it, you know, even though it's mayonnaise based, you're going to use it like 
kind of in the way that you would use any other barbecue sauce at the at the end, like as kind of as a finish. Um, so you're going to dunk your smoked chicken in it after it's done. You're going to drizzle it on your crudite vegetables after they come off the grill. You don't want to get it too hot, otherwise it's going to break. Yeah, man. And, and you know, it'll the, separate. The whole story with you, Ray, is uh, tell us the first barbecue competition that, that really impacted you. Because uh, I love this. You've got Memphis sauce. You, you've got an Alabama white sauce. You've really, like, got, got this whole barbecue world going. You know, um, I I basically um, – I, I was really always interested in, in smoking meats and barbecue. And one year my wife gifted me a smoker for my birthday. And that like set me off on a, on a path that, you know, um, it was kind of a, it was a really cool hobby. It was a lot of fun learning how to, how to make the, the, the smoked meats and vegetables. But I really got a, a lot of my, I got my creative juices flowing and into making the sauces and the seasonings. And I started helping a barbecue team out in my area. And we went to do, um, it was actually in Delaware. It was called the Triple Threat Barbecue Competition at the Delaware uh, State Fairgrounds. And, um, you know, and the sauces and seasonings were really well received at this competition. And I was instantly hooked on on competing. And it was just so much fun. It was like, you know, guys night out and you're eating all kinds of really great food and, you know, drinking different types of uh, beer and just, I don't know. It was just like, you know, it was just really so much fun and so addicting uh, producing all this great food. And, um, you know, so that was like the first, how it started for competition barbecue. And then I started getting into like more like, okay, now I want to learn, you know, the theory behind it. Like, so I went to culinary school and I learned like the theory, like if you could roast the chicken, you could roast any bird type of thing. You know, if you can, you know, sauce making knife skills. So I, I love to learn. So I ended up taking the class with uh, Bob Trudnak from barbecue guru. Um, and it was a barbecue uh, a class. It was like the big meats, it was brisket and pork. And then since then I've taken various other classes, but I ended up taking a class with Tuffy Stone, um, who's from uh, the show Barbecue Pitmasters and Cool Smoke, uh, his Cool Smoke Barbecue uh, class. And you can never learn enough. And you always learn, you learn from everyone. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just how you do it. And and so it, I've just been inspired by so many people in the industry, and uh, including Rufus Teague, including Sweet Baby Ray's, there I said it. But but these are people that have built their companies up, you know, from you know, from basically just making sauce out of competition. And it's like, hey, you know, if you if they can do it, you know, why can't the next person just, you know, have your product, uh, have integrity and use premium ingredients? And um, you know, just one thing I want to say is having a great recipe is only the beginning. There's so many other factors that really play into that play into you know a successful you know local sauce business and um by you putting on this competition and all the judges and all the people and with all these wonderful sauces i just want to say thank you i'm humbled to be a part of it and to actually you know uh take home the grand prize because there were so many great sauces in this competition so thank you you're welcome ray and you did a great job and when you get that big green egg (laughs) which should be delivered sometime soon. You're going to post about it. and uh, Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep giving you love. And last one with, uh, with Brad. So Rufus T, you're getting some love. Um, 
how much shelf space is there for more sauces? Like, what, what should the average person, what, what should my pantry look like? Uh, <laughs> oh, get ready. Yeah. No, uh, it, I mean, first off, I want to say, you know, to, to Fubs and Ray, I mean, you guys are amazing. I, I have not tried the Just Add beer yet, but I am sitting here pushing buy, buy, buy on the, uh, on the link right in front of me. So I cannot wait to dive into that stuff. And Ray, I've had the Memphis Mop. That is a fantastic sauce, and you you deserve it. So, um, as far as how much shelf space, um, well, it depends on if you're a, a nerd like us, because you know there's certainly a lot of Rufus Teague in our house, but there's also <laughs> a lot of everything else. And uh, you know, I've got like four canned goods, and we'll live off barbecue sauce and like four cans of beans for the rest of our life if we you know get locked in here again. So, uh, you know, it's you know, I think that. I think it's infinite, infinite, really, because tastes change, and and you know, just like Fubs is saying, you add a different beer to it, you add a little different sauce to, you know, a chicken tender or whatever it might be. It could be something as simple as that. It it's completely different, and it's uh, you know completely fantastic. Or maybe it's not. Then that bottle goes in the trash. But um, I, I just I think really, you know, it's such a special uh, place to be within the barbecue sector. It's it's a hard place to be, you know. Shelf space is tough. We, you know, John has done such a great job of building distribution for this product, for our product line, um, and we're we're very fortunate to be where we are. And especially since it's still just, you know, a couple of people making this stuff. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I think barbecue is just so much fun because just like beer, you can have a hundred beers in your refrigerator. It's never enough. Barbecue sauce in the pantry is exactly the same way, in my opinion. Well, last question. The can of Q, it's made with beer, but it's not beer. Do you have to keep it cold in the fridge? Uh, it is recommended that you keep it in the refrigerator after it's open. Um, and other than that, no. I mean, it's just a, it's just a can of beer or beer uh, barbecue sauce. So, no, it's it can sit out for quite a while. You know, we've had – we're doing real time testing on the uh, shelf life of this because nobody's ever done it before. So uh, we're up to 18 months, which is great. Uh, we keep sending it in to have things checked out. Everything seems fine. So I've had um, a can sitting out in my garage through the heat and the cold for uh, over two years now. And John, I know he has had one sitting on top of his heater open and, uh, for for two years and we still check them from time to time and that's the beauty of barbecue sauce so that's how you, know, you test it that's not how we i mean that's our <laughs> test that is not that is not our that is not the uh the test that we go by okay i'm gonna wrap this up but yeah so uh i i came to visit my my, my family and and my my mom had died eight years ago my wife was going through the the the, the refrigerator and she started seeing all these foods that had ex expirations date of 2012 on them. <laughs> so I know that, so that a lot of food lasts a lot longer than the shelf life. But can of Q, or let's say a touch of heat, or one of your top sauces, how long could I keep it in my fridge realistically? I, I, I've opened it. I use it enough, but I have 20 other sauces. What, what, what's a good guideline? Uh, you know, technically I'm supposed to say three years, but, um, it would be, I don't know. We, we, we've had sauces that were, in fact, last year we opened one of the first bottles ever 
that, um, and again, it hadn't been open the whole time, but it was, you know, 15 year old bottle of sauce and we savored it like a fine wine and, uh, or a, a really wonderful porter that had been kept or a Belgian. And I don't know, it, it was totally fine. It was, it was darker, it was thicker, but it, it tasted fine. So I don't know. I, I think three to four years, if you haven't eaten it by that time, you probably don't need it anymore. That would be my uh, recommendation, but uh, it should still be fine. Should be blown off the shelves. Well, you guys have been great. Alyssa, anything else you want to say to, to wrap it up or another question you have before we go? Um, not really. I mean, the expiration thing was a good question because, you know, with all the sauces you sent uh, that was sent for the competition, I'm like, <laughs> my fridge is just packed with barbecue sauce right now. So it's good to know how long it's going to last. So I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? How long does Heinz ketchup last? Uh, if, if if I open Heinz ketchup, leave it in my fridge, how long can I, I legally keep it? That's a good question. 74 years, probably. <laughs> about right. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, Heinz doesn't give uh, – they're like, yeah, you could leave it out. It's fine. They're 100%. <laughs> yeah. Magic. It, it's high fructose. It will yeah. be forever and ever. Wow. Listen, we, we could talk about – there's a lot of other shows we could do, and I really – Really appreciate it. Talk about being humbled. Um, you guys all have put so much into your brands and adding the this, this Sauce King NYC to our pandemic year really kept a lot of people's spirits up. Um, in fact, we even had a bunch of amateurs doing a Metro NYC version. Uh, so it, it, it's really covered a lot of bases for us. So I really appreciate your involvement, especially with the, the judges and um, – the sponsors and just big again thanks everybody ray brad Alyssa, and fubs for joining me here on heritage radio network i'm jimmy carboni i'm the host of beer sessions radio thanks to our producer dylan hoyer and uh engineer will be at matt patterson uh we'll catch you next time on beer sessions radio all right guys everybody woo Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.